0: Welcome to season six of the Charity Matters Podcast. I'm Heidi Johnson, nonprofit founder, lifelong helper, and your host. I've been interviewing these modern day heroes for over a decade with my blog, and I'm so excited to finally be sharing these inspiring conversations with our podcast. Join me as we learn the challenges and stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and modern day heroes who set out to solve the problems of humanity have you ever thought about how our teachers learn to teach there's so much conversation these days about what's happening in our schools and what our children are learning but are we really thinking about how our teachers are learning and how they're learning to excite our students today's guest is an expert on this topic katie trowbridge is the founder of curiosity to create a really exciting organization that is working to empower our teachers and i'm so excited to share her amazing journey and our conversation about how she's making an incredible difference in our world we are so excited to have katie trobridge here today from curiosity to create thank you katie for joining us welcome
1: thank you for having me i'm so excited
0: we're so excited to have you here. And I love educators and I love teachers and I love learning. So I'm really excited about this conversation to learn more about Curiosity to Create, which just the name in itself kind of makes me smile. So why yes. don't you just, why don't we just dive right in and why don't you tell everyone
1: a little bit about
0: what Curiosity to Create does?
1: All right. So Curiosity to Create is only about two years old. So we're still babies um, in this area. We, um have been working um, in education for a while, after school programs, YMCA. Um, but about a year ago, um, I was a board member and and said, you know, what would be really great is if instead of just having these after school programs, we really reach out to teachers. Because if you can impact one teacher, you're impacting thousands of students. And that's then they looked at me and said, great, you want to run that? <laughs> And I kind of said, um, well, I'm a teacher um, full-time. And so I started part-time and then now this is my full-time working in a nonprofit. And it's amazing what we do and as we work with the the teachers and the the educators, the administrators um, to help build in and infuse creative thinking, critical thinking into existing curriculum. So, you know, a lot of teachers today have very scripted Uh, lessons that they have to teach, right? right? Or they have an outline that they need to teach and they think that, well, I can't put any thinking into that or creativity into that. And yet there's so many possibilities and ways that we can use what you're already doing in your classroom to promote that way of thinking. And if you looked at any of the research right now, they're saying like LinkedIn and World Forum, they're all saying that out of the 10 top skills that people need to be successful in the future, one is critical thinking and two is creative thinking. And mm-hmm. we're not it in the schools. Right. Our, our, our teachers don't really know how they know they need to, but I keep hearing, I don't know how, right? Or I don't know. Right. Um, and so we really are passionate about helping teachers make sure that when their kids leave their classroom, they're thinking about things.
0: Well, and teachers are givers and nonprofit founders are givers and, mm-hmm. and helpers. So it makes sense because they kind of go together. They kind of go hand in hand, but did you have like a lot of background in, did you grow up with a really, um, philanthropic family or were you always helping in your community or involved in things yeah. like what was, was kind that- of your early childhood and all of that? I'm always fascinated with the seeds of how someone absolutely gets someplace.
1: So I was a pastor's kid. Um, There we go. So That immediately, you know, like you said, there you go. You know, immediately (laughs) a pastor's kid. Um, I was, and I was an only child. So I wanted a youth group in the school, in the, in the church that we were currently ministering in. I would have to create it. Um, A lot of my dad would go into these churches that were dying and he would raise it up and make it work. And then he'd leave. And so a lot of times... As a kid, I was like, well, I want a youth group. There is none. So I'll just start my own. Um, So I did that quite a bit. And then I've always worked with teenagers and had a passion for teenagers and for children. Um, And I was in marketing for a while and went in to get my teaching degree. And um, there was a a nonprofit or a a couple of schools who kind of wanted to start looking more at characters characteristics, um, right. character traits, all the SEL before SEL was SEL, um, right. before all that. And so I started a nonprofit called kids matter and that is still going. Um, did you start kids matter? I, I did. I did. I oh, started wow. kids with another woman named Denise Vaughn. Um, and so we I ran there for about a year, but there was no way I could teach full time and run this. So I handed right. it over to a woman named Ida Lynn Winhold, and she just ran with it for about 20 years and she's doing really well. So um that's kind of where it's always been a part of me. It's always right. been I mean, even when I was in high school, I started the key club and yeah, you know, I mean, I always wanted to be helping and doing things and um. Making sure people in my mind when I was young, making sure people were happy and getting along. Right. Well right? that makes thinking right. what I was really doing.
0: So I'm I'm kind of fascinated because you you a lot of people say there's like a moment when they when they decide to start something and you shared a little bit about being involved with your group of teachers and a board. But I'm a little fascinated because the nonprofit model, as we know, is um is difficult when you rely on the kindness of others as a business model it's not always the easiest way why did you choose you could have done this as a for-profit model right so why did you choose and how did the whole process come when it was like oh this needs to be a non-profit like how how did that come together because it's it's just
1: not an easy route no and and making the decision to leave a. Job like teaching that has a pension um, that is very steady. Yeah. Uh, I've been at this school for twenty three years in a shaky econ- an economy that's not super right. solid right now. Right, it was a big decision for me to make this move, and I thought about it a lot. Obviously, but you, there's I love teaching. It's in my heart. It's it's makes me happy. And all of a sudden, I realized over the last couple years, not only was I not happy but my coworkers weren't happy. My students weren't happy. There was the lack of engagement, the lack of, of thinking for themselves. Um, this idea of just get me the A, what's gonna give me the A? What's the right, right answer? Just, I don't wanna know right. what the right answer is. Um, and I saw that there was this, this excitement that used to be in schools of curiosity and was just disappearing. But then I also know that we have all these professional developments um, and if there's educators out there, they know you sit in right. and somebody just talks at you.
0: Right? right.
1: And they can be very expensive. And sometimes you can't get the kind of coaching that you need on a teacher's um, salary. You know, it can cost hundreds of dollars an hour and teacher salaries right. don't have that. Right. Coaching. Um, a lot of schools don't have the money that they could to put into this kind of development. So I really went to the, what's called the Driscoll Foundation. Um, and I talked with them quite a bit and they were very gracious in giving me a grant um, to make sure that this is able to be offered to everyone. So no so matter right. what, what size district, no matter where you are. I remember um, I was at a conference speaking and a woman came up to me and said, so I'm in the middle of Nevada. Um, and I teach, you know, four different subjects. We were a really tiny school. Could you help us? And I said, absolutely and she you know we don't have a lot of money that's okay you know i have the scholarship fund that we have we um try and raise money as much as we can but it's not easy it's in this society it's it's it's, the money it's it's harder than
0: ever right now right because as things are um as things are difficult um it's definitely harder than ever um right now it's absolutely challenging with the economy mm-hmm. and 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 I understand I run a youth leadership organization and so we work with you know five different archdioceses, and with um, thousands of kids each year but we train our high our college kids train our high school kids and our high school kids teach our middle school kids and we do a lot of creative things in the way that we teach because it's peer-to-peer but I see um, I see the struggle in, in fundraising and making this happen when you know people right now are just trying to pay their own bills and they don't have a lot of extra to support causes they care about it's just
1: it there's a trickle down effect and it's right. it well, it a lot of, of nonprofits are changing so right. we have now opened a shop so you can buy stickers and buttons and t-shirts and knowing that all the money that you go on you buy a poster or you know like a we just filled an order of 200 stickers that a teacher bought. Right. It all goes back to the scholarship to help other teachers. So I think a lot of nonprofits are now getting creative.
0: That like, I, I agree. And they have to.
1: Right. And it's not and, just this gala where everybody dresses up. Right. It's right. To change the way we're, we're raising funds.
0: And um, and I have someone who can help you run your shop. I just yeah. talked to them yesterday shine on club that's doing all this great work with kids empowering them to um they distribute all your t-shirts they make all of your stuff they send it all out for you they do everything they take like six percent and um and they make it all happen for your anything that you want so um i just talked to them yesterday so i need to connect you with those guys absolutely But but i do think we have to get creative it's um it's it's tricky right now it's hard so speaking of things being hard what are some of your biggest challenges i mean usually i i I didn't try to i'm not trying to spoil or put words in your mouth but fundraising is usually the top Um, of the list
1: i would say that i would absolutely say fundraising i would also say that raising awareness since we're a new nonprofit, um for example on giving tuesday right we thought oh we're just going to flood the, you know, social media and giving Tuesday. We're going to get all oh, this money We had set this huge goal. And yeah, it didn't work because yeah. we're new and we're little and people are giving right. to huge organizations, not a small right. one, you know, like us. So um, I think raising awareness is a big one um, right. because that's where the funds will come then, right? Once people understand what we do and believe in what we do, Absolutely. they're more willing to invest in what we do.
0: Absolutely. And people always want to invest in education I think education is number I forget if it's health and education or religion mm-hmm. or religion health education but those are the top three mm-hmm. um kind of in you know the hierarchy of of needs and right. um and I think that that's so that's great I think that that's fantastic so I mean I always you know I am fascinated because this work is not easy it's hard I mean not only are we fundraising and' doing everything but we also have our own lives I mean you and I are talking about you know before we jumped on about moving and unpacking, you have laundry, you still have your bills, you're in your life. And then you're carrying the weight of um, being an entrepreneur, right. being um, a new entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And and there isn't enough time in the day for everything, all the people we need to serve. And I think it's one of the hardest things about being a helper is when you realize mm-hmm. you can't help everybody and you can't do it all. And that it just right. it, it's just one of those, Things we have to kind of deal with. um, Doctors deal with it all the time. I hear right, my doctors doctor. can't right. do it do- all the time. You can't, can't save everybody. Yeah, you can't and save everybody. Right, and we and we do, and it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what fuels you
1: to keep going when it's overwhelming, when it's hard? Well, and it's interesting that you said that because you know I started my career in business, and then it went from business and marketing to education, and I thought, oh, educators. <laughs> They get summers off, you know. I mean, <laughs> everything's like, you know, please, you know, working eight to three, and I thought, oh, this is hard. Wow, being a teacher is so hard. So then I mm-hmm. thought, oh, okay, well, I'll, you know, run a nonprofit. How hard can <laughs> it be? And it's such a different kind of of stress, right? So I had, you know, a hundred kids, hundred fifty kids as a high school teacher, and I worried about those hundred and fifty kids, and I worried about. Making sure that they were being successful in what they do. But now I have a staff that I have to make sure we raise money enough to for salaries to keep them going. Yeah. I worry about um, you know, all the teachers that I'm working with. I, you know, so it's it's completely changed. Um, I think when I was a young teacher, teaching occupied my mind so much. Um, but then I learned you can do a rhythm, you kind of learn now this is. Um, my mom called me the other day and said, are you busy? And I went, oh, yes, I'm yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I'm busy. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a different kind of, of stress, but it, a, a different level of of commitment as well. Right. You're so passionate about what you're doing um, and you want this to get out to everybody that it's just a continual, a continual mindset. And I think being a creator, being it and being a huge believer in creative and critical thinking when you talk about balance um my grandkids are a huge okay. plus right it's finding the time right. to play right right absolutely and turn off turn this off turn the computer off turn you know um even if it's to go and do something constructive like as you mentioned I just recently moved so in between my breaks yesterday, I built a table, you know, there, that's like, you know, but just, to get oh, my- I hope
0: it wasn't one of those Ikea ones with extra parts. No.
1: <laughs> but you know, you get getting your mind off of it. Otherwise you, right. I would sit here, I think, as you know, and you'd think, oh man, what do I need to do next? We, right. I've got to make sure that my staff is okay. I got to make sure that, that I'm helping change education. That's a huge goal.
0: Right. And I think that that is what the, the the burden that we carry is that we don't go to bed at night thinking, you know, I didn't pump out enough, you know, whatever at the factory today. We think about the people who rely on us, who Mm -hmm. are literally feel like they're on our back. And for you, Mm -hmm. it's teachers and the ripple down of if those teachers don't have what they need, then the kids don't have what they need. And somehow we feel personally responsible for that. Um, But it's hard. It's hard to shut it off and it's Mm -hmm. hard to to kind of make me time, which you have to do, Absolutely. but it's, it's very hard to do. I mean, the older we get, the better we get at it, but it still doesn't mean it's easy to set aside people who need you. Right. And, and there's
1: just not enough hours in the day. There aren't. Right. And I think, and you say the older you get, your body also tells you, you have to stop. You have to stop. Yeah.
0: You have to stop. Absolutely. Your body gives you all
1: this, like, you know, no, yeah. you you're to done. Do- you're, done. you're out. You're yeah. No
0: more gas, none of Diet yep. Coke or Celsius to fuel this body. Fuel that's right. Your body
1: just shuts down and you're that's done.
0: your other big, yeah, your big sign. Yeah, you're done. So tell me, I know you guys are babies or toddlers at two years old, but what, and, and to me, success and impact. I mean, I think one of the frustrating things sometimes is, uh, is trying to measure what we do yeah. is obviously p- foundations and grants and people like that. And donors want to know how many people have you served, how, you know, all these metrics, all these numbers, you know, I run a leadership organization. How do you measure leadership? You know, I listened to a Catholic nun one day yelling at a foundation saying, how do you measure love? You know, because we're asked to measure these, mm-hmm. these crazy things, right? Like love, leadership, knowledge, and, and yes, you have test scores and things like that, but how would you measure your impact? And maybe it could be a story, it could be numbers. It, it's not. This is not a foundation, true, false you know, question, but right. I think impact's one
1: of those tricky words. It really is. And it really is when you're looking at thinking strategies, right? Creative and critical thinking. Um, Although we know that it's necessary and we need it, um, how do you measure it? And I get that question from teachers continually. How do you measure if a student is being creative? How do I know that, By putting this into my curriculum, I'm actually going to be serving my student um, and helping them be better. And a lot of times that doesn't happen until 10 years from now, right? right? So that's part of the issue as well. So if it's not going to happen 10 years from now, right, you know, what, what, how do we measure that? How do we follow that kid from first grade all the way up to college and see if, you know, risk taking and accepting failure and all those things that help with creative and critical thinking actually. worked Worked. and it's hard for grants I mean my grant writer has struggled because you they want data everybody wants data right
0: and 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 it's hard to measure right it's hard it's really hard to measure and and it doesn't mean we're not doing great work and it doesn't mean that we're not moving the needle forward but to try to say okay we've all come together and we've done this and people just need the stats and it isn't always what it, 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 stats aren't everything but there, there are stories there are yes. right there is engagement there's you know i've got a little letter in the mail yesterday from a sixth grader who went to our program who said thank you for getting me out of my shell and making me confident oh. i know this is going to make my life better someday in the long run i already feel like a happier person and wrote me this really sweet letter um thank you michelle via for this sweet little note my sixth grader and um And you're like, okay, like I know from that story that we move something there. Am I going to know until she's 16? You know, is she going to use the leadership skills she was taught? Maybe, maybe not. But chances are good
1: she's going in the right direction. Right. I think you're in a similar situation. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so then how do you really measure that? How do you really... Um, and, and the stories, I think the storytelling is a big factor in nonprofits right now. That, again, is one of those things that we're changing, right, right. is narrative um, and showing the lives of people that we have impacted, um, giving the testimonials, saying, look, at this teacher said that this has absolutely changed the way she visions teaching her in her classroom. Or, you know, another teacher who said, my classroom is so much more fun. And so I enjoy teaching much more. Well, how do you measure that? Right. right. I mean. That, right. I mean, that's, that's awesome. So maybe that teacher was going to t- to quit, which we know a lot of teachers are right now, retiring, right. and quitting. Um, and now they found joy through teaching creatively and critically. But, you know, putting yep. that out in a graph for right. a donor to see um, is is nearly impossible. And so I think that that's part of, when you talked about some of the challenges, that's part of the challenges. How do we have the data to prove that this is working when it's very much soft data and it's very much storytelling.
0: Yeah. I, 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 you and I are in the exact same boat on this and it is just, um it's an endless looping mm-hmm. circle that you're mm-hmm. like, I think I'm going to get to that data mountain. I think I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to climb this one. I'm going to get, I'm going to come back with a stat that's going to just make donors say, Oh my gosh. Right. right. And, and it's, it's just it's it's more believing in the core value of the education and what you're doing, or believing in the value of leadership
1: and investing and things like that. Because I think well, it's it interesting too that when we go to conferences and I and I speak and I talk with teachers, they all love the fact that we're a nonprofit. Right. That it's oh, the first thing that. that when I always say we're a nonprofit. Um, Because a lot of professional developments are for-profit. Right. Um, And so they love that we provide the scholarship for teachers. They, um, I think it draws them to us even more. So knowing that we're here to support each other. right? um, But that's great. (laughs) But, right. There's still payroll. There's still payroll. There's the payroll I've got to get through. So, right. right, I think that that's, um, people are very, respectful of nonprofit organizations, but as you sort of clear, the economy is, is hitting us pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I know we're feeling it. I think, um, I think a lot of people I've talked to are feeling it. And, um, and I, I think it's, I think we're just, but we just, you know, we buckle up and we tighten our belts and we figure a way out because nonprofit and entrepreneurs and founders are creative thinkers because they have to get creative They have to find new ways to your whole point to, to solve the toughest problems of society, right? right. And, and that's what we've taken on our shoulders. So if you could dream any dream for curiosity to create, and you can't be a founder without a dream and a vision oh, or absolutely. a leader, which you obviously have one because you've gotten this far. What does that look like?
1: Uh, it's interesting because I have um, kind of a list of, of what ifs, Right what if curiosity to create really takes off what if i think my biggest dream is that students and teachers and schools start seeing the importance of these soft skills and see them more as essential skills um that it will just be a natural thing to of course include questioning of course include open-mindedness of course include curiosity and, um, into your curriculum. Like this is just an obvious, right? right. Um, so it's not just the common core standards. which a lot of people use, but it's this, how do we get kids to start thinking? And I think a huge win for me, um, and my staff is when we hear from teachers, my kids are actually asking better questions. My kids are actually thinking, um, my kids are excited wow. about what they're learning because it's something that they choose to learn. They have investment in, so my really my my dream is that it, it just be, well, of course we're doing this. Of That's course right. we're incorporating right, agreeing, right? It, across the curriculum, across the nation, internationally, um people start really embracing the, the way to think for themselves.
0: Right. And the trickle down potential is just oh, enormous. enormous. When you think about what, how many lives you change i mean it, education does change the world and it right. literally that is you get a teacher excited and they get 50 students excited or 30 students or however many and they get excited and it just keeps it just keeps
1: going i mean it's really it's really exciting you look at as a nonprofit too a lot of times we are here to solve social issues right and right. What a better way to solve social issues, but then being a creative and critical problem solver. So if we have these issues in our society, but kids are coming out of school just saying, let me Google it or get me the right answer, then we're not going to be solving these big issues that are not on Google. Right. Right. Right? There's this huge, huge impact that it can have of teaching a first grader or even a 12th grader how to think for themselves and how to problem solve. Right. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a teacher who's a big
0: listener to the podcast um, the other day. And she was saying, you know, she had just heard that AI, artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. um, some teachers are starting to use artificial intelligence to the point of not thinking for yourself. And she said she really thought about that. And she thought, God, I don't know. That feels like that's just not, it goes, and it instinctually, it goes against my grain. Because mm-hmm. as a teacher, my job is to create and to find all these things. So then <laughs> she was asking someone at her school about it. And they said, Oh, we've blocked all the ability at school to do oh, even do artificial oh, intelligence. Um, and she said, Oh, and I said, Well, how do you feel about having that blocked? And she said, Well, I don't know because part of me thinks, is it going to give me a different way to a path to think that maybe I would not have gone down? Mm-hmm. Or Or is it going to take away from my brain power? Right. Which I know is a whole other conversation, but those are some challenges you're dealing
1: with too. Right. And I get that question probably, I would say almost 95% of the time when I'm talking at conferences or talking in classrooms, and what do we do about AI? And I I keep saying, well, do you remember when we didn't know what to do with the calculator or we didn't know what to do with the (laughs) internet? Right. So we have to embrace it. And we have to, if it's, it's gonna do some of the thinking for us great, but they're not, it's not a human. So we have to now even more so teach our students how to think at a higher level because right. I just put in a prompt um or a question into you know AI and get information, but I'm not, we, we have to be a higher level than that. It's right. information from the internet information. It's not thinking and problem solving. And so right. we can't, I, I, I wouldn't want it taken away because you, you have to learn how to use it as a tool. Absolutely, but I do want to have teachers start saying, "Oh, this will make me even more creative."
0: Right, and how can I how can I have a creative idea that I can put in there, and that I can start and start working to build my creative process and use it as a as a tool, not a competitor. Absolutely, right, Absolutely. which it should be a which, Right, which makes total sense. So what life lessons have you learned on this, um, this journey? I mean, obviously you've been teaching for a long time. You've been doing this work for a long time, even though it wasn't in the nonprofit. But what lessons have you kind of learned in the last couple of years in doing this um, that you could share with us? Because you're a teacher and we need a lesson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my biggest lessons that I've learned is patience. Mm-hmm. That um, I want to go, go go as a visionary, as an implementer. I want I want to be speaking at all these districts. I want, you know, to have my curriculum all over the place. I want you know, now, I want it now, um, like Billy right. Um, So patience has been a real life lesson for me lately. Um, I also think asking for help has been something that I've learned. Um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that you know, in my classroom, um, which was room 246 in my classroom at April North at 246. I, that was my home. I had control over what was going to happen in a day. Right. right. I knew what I was teaching. I knew what my students were going to be. I knew what the students were going to be there. I knew some of the, what they're bringing into my classroom as far as baggage. I knew those things. Now I don't have control. Like sometimes my day is gone and I didn't get what I needed done or I had a list of things prepared and I, none of that got done because I was putting out fires or something else. Um, so welcome to the nonprofit world. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I think that that is a major life lesson that I've learned that I can't control everything. Um, and a little bit of chaos is a good thing because that's where some of the, the learning really takes place. But, you know, being patient has been a, a really big one for me and then managing people Right. That's not a real life lesson as well. I mean, managing teenagers was one thing, but managing adults. <laughs> <laughs> teenagers but, are board, much easier, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a board of directors, that's a totally different way of management.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, we work with teenagers primarily. Um, like I said, our college kids teach our high school kids and our high school kids teach our middle school kids. But we work with a lot of teenagers and I love teenagers. Like that's my... Mm-hmm. Glad Sweet spot. I love them. I just think they are the best. Um, and I so I I, I totally get that because I would rather manage teenagers than um a group of adults right. every day. And most people look at me like, are you crazy, Heidi I'm like, oh my god, they're so much fun. They're so oh, great. I love it. Oh yeah.
1: I mean their they, energy, their ideas, oh, they're just absolutely. joyful. I love it. I love I, I them. Do too. I do too. But then put me in a board meeting and I'm like, yeah. oh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, a little, it's a
1: little stickier, a little trickier. Yeah. And so I've really had to learn how to manage that and almost switch your hats a little bit of, okay, right. now I'm in my teacher mode, now I'm in my administrator role, now I'm in my management role. You know, I mean, I think that that's been a real life lesson for me, as well as what we talked about earlier of I've got to spend, got to put some time aside for me. Yeah.
0: 100%. 100% put your mask on yourself before you put on your child which I, we have to just keep reminding ourselves over and over. So how nice. do you think you've changed in this journey?
1: Uh it this <laughs> immensely. Immensely. Really? Um, I I do. I think that um the way that I that I taught in my classroom, I still use when I teach in my workshops, right? Because you still want it to be engaging and you still want it to have Right. Fun and, and kids to learn and teachers to learn. So that hasn't changed. What's changed is all of a sudden this business mindset has had to come in, right? So right. we're financials. What can we afford? What do we need to raise? Um, that administration had, even though I had my administration degree in education, it's very different. You know, you're managing right. companies. And you're, this is what can we do? What can't we do? And right. I think that. The weight on my shoulders has, as much as I thought, oh, this is going to be easier, the the weight on my shoulders, I feel like the world sometimes is just sitting here, right? And um, I've had to learn how to juggle that. It's a very different kind of managing. Um, And I think I've changed. I think I've become stronger. I think I've become um, more confident. I know that I have become more creative, in problem solving. So even though I'm teaching that and I taught, I'm really putting it to work in my own organization, in my own life.
0: Because we don't have a choice. When you don't have resources, you have to be creative. Right. I mean, it's just, it's survival really. Right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, nonprofits are, we're just trying to survive all mm-hmm. of us. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to thrive. We want to help as many people and serve as many people as we can. Right. But, but we need to, in order to help everybody, we have to get creative. I mean, that's right. just, I, so I love that that's like a full circle um, is, yeah. to, to everything me, that you're
1: doing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I see it even more so in my life now. Um, even though I was teaching it in my classroom for years, but actually applying it to my own life and managing, and juggling all of these things has um, really, I think, changed me. Is it anyway. is
0: art intimidating life, life intimidating? Or, you know, it, yeah, But there's know, a little yeah. bit of that, right?
1: Right, right, absolutely. I well, love I'm, that. I'm a huge believer in cooperation. Um, and I've talked to several people about as nonprofits um, as education or education, you know, in the education world, um, that we have to start cooperating instead of competing. Right. Right. So how can we help each other? And I think that that's got to be part of the way we start focusing in nonprofits. How can I help you, Heidi? How can you help me? Right. Right. You know, you're working with youth. I'm working with teachers. What, right. So that we start supporting each other instead of this, Oh, I raised this much money. How much did you raise? Or, you know, I've impacted this much going back to the data, I think. Right. How I mean, Heather.
0: the fact that there's competition is is ridiculous. I mean, it it's but I I I see it all the time. Yep, I see it with schools for admissions. I see the things I see sometimes in schools that I've worked with a lot of schools. I'm like, "Wow." like it's right why is there competition there why are they not supporting each other because it's always better when we come together if we always are more successful and we're all rowing together in the same direction then rowing against each other we don't get anywhere i mean it just doesn't make any sense but it's sometimes one of the the bad parts of human nature but right
1: And it is. And and that's why I really, whenever I talk to people um, or different profits and stuff, I always say, How can we help each other? Like, what can we do to support each other? Because I raise awareness for you, you raise awareness for me. It still is making a world a better place. And that's what this is all about, right? That is exactly what it's all about. So, with that, you've
0: queued up my next question (laughs) How can we support you? How can we help you? Where can we follow you? Where can we donate? How do we get involved? How do
1: we bring this to our school district? Right. So if you go to Curiosity2, it's a um, number2create.org, you're going to find all of our information on that. You'll also find that we have a network, um, which I'm really excited about. We just started it, which is another way of our creative, trying to be creative and earning some money and also supporting teachers so that there's a place where they can go, teachers can go to get lesson plans to communicate with each other like I'm having a hard time teaching this we have 25 creative educational experts that will answer some of those questions um again the whole idea of supporting each other right Right. I love that so that's we have that we have a scholarship fund called the June Barnard Scholarship Fund she's our founder um and we have a scholarship fund that will help teachers and schools be able to afford professional development and coaching I think coaching is one of one of the most beneficial things for teachers right now, when you look at our world and then how teachers don't have a lot of experience or because of the emergency situation of a shortage in teaching, people are just without any kind of training or going in, um, right. and they can't afford it. So the one-on-one coaching from me or from some of my experts is so vital to be able to just sit and say, okay, so what did you do today? How did it go? But oh. they can't necessarily afford that. Um, right. And and so having the scholarship is really important, so that we can further you know get our reach out there and help help teachers find their joy again, and help students start thinking for themselves. So yeah, curiosity to create. We're um, all over, and then the creative thinking network. Um, you know, we're working together to to really try and kind of shake education up just a little bit.
0: Well, I love that, and I can think of no greater cost support than giving teachers joy. And having that joy trickle down to all of our children and to have them open up their minds to start mm-hmm. thinking, creating, you know, that's what makes our country so fantastic is right. that our innovative spirit. I mean, that's what makes us Americans. And and I love the whole idea of just igniting all these beautiful young minds and mm-hmm. inspiring them. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your story. We've loved Definitely. learning about this. And I hope everybody um, is listening, is going to Curiosity 2, number two, create, to support, um, to support your great work, Katie. So thank you so much for joining us today. What a treat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Charity Matters podcast. I so enjoy talking to our guest, Katie, about what it takes to start a business that truly changes people's lives. I think her comment about the importance of cooperation was so inspiring and true. To learn more about modern day heroes and entrepreneurs, or if you'd like to reach out to us, visit us at charity-matters.com or connect with us on Instagram at Charity Matters. If you enjoyed our conversation, we would love it if you shared it with your family and friends. And please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. But more than that, thank you for caring, for believing in goodness, and for being part of our movement. You are exactly what the world needs more of. And remember that together we can make a difference, one small act of kindness at a time. Charity matters.